the burnout rate, the the burnout rate as as seen in in turnover, meaning changing jobs, uh, churn is really high in in customer service, customer support functions. It's some in some organizations well over 100 percent a year, and in a lot of retail, it may be 150, 200 percent a year. Part of that turnover is because of opportunity. Part of it's because of life changes, but most of it turns out is, is stress or lack of recognition, lack of appreciation, and the fact that it's a tough job. So we have an upset customer experience. Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. My name is Keith Fibson. On this episode, I introduce you to Mr. Bill Price. Bill is a renowned management and customer experience expert who's co-authored three books on increasing customer experience while controlling cost. He co-authors the upcoming book, The Frictionless Organization, which will help any customer-facing organization deliver better customer experiences, save money, and increase revenue. Bill really understands customer experience and customer service, and he understands that it has to be tailored to each customer's needs. He was the first global VP of customer service at Amazon, and he reduced contact for Amazon support with what he calls the best service is no service. I'm honored to have him join us today. I hope you really enjoy the show, he has some incredible insights into frictionless organizational pro- approaches for delivering better customer experiences. Please welcome Mr. Bill Price. Hey, 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 I have Mr. Bill Price with me. Bill, my goodness gracious, how are you, man? How's it going? Hey, hey, hey. Doing very well, anchoring the other coast of the country while you're there back east, uh, Keith. Great to great to talk to you. Oh, it's so great to see you, Bill. And it's been uh, such a long time that we've really come to know each other. And you've got such a rich history. And I really want to, uh, you know, I I've said this to you before, but I feel like I owe a lot of my work in the communications area to you because you know we met back uh i think we first met back in the you said the 80s mm-hmm. but we worked with each other at uh, the 80s and the 90s we know each other uh through the you know the beginning of the 2000s and here we are it's 2023 oh my goodness bill what are you up to <laughs> <laughs> i'm still keeping pretty busy keith as i know you are as well but i uh Still keeping pretty busy. I have my own consulting company that works on customer experience improvement projects with generally big companies, companies that are um, based in the United States, based, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, one of them is based over in London. So we're doing some international work for them as well. Uh, I've got a really uh, experienced team of, of experts who have uh, been working with me for a number of years on that. Uh, and this is in the company in your company, Driva Solutions, right? Driva Solutions, Driva oh, Solutions. Right. Driva stands for it's a Swedish word which means mm-hmm. to propel or to move forward. So it's a real action Beautiful. oriented one. Beautiful. Um, <clears throat> I'm a dad with uh, two daughters who uh, live in the Seattle area, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I get a chance to see them uh, as often as possible, and it's great to catch up with them as they're they're thriving. They're in their one's mm-hmm. thirty, one's thirty three, so it's great to catch up with them uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife is a speech therapist working from home mm-hmm. half the time in, in family uh, settings the other half time. So it's been great to support her and to, and to mm-hmm. learn from her in terms of mm-hmm. what she's doing in her field. 
so, so things are going well. Things are going well. That's all the professional, quick personal side. I'm running a lot, uh, keeping busy in the summer and uh, kayaking and doing some other sports too. So it's, it's wow, all, wow. All good. So you're, so you know, we're uh, so you're on the mindfulness experience, right? So mm -hmm. this is the mindfulness experience <laughs> podcast, and what you just talked about was the human experience about you know what we all go through. And uh, I want to sort of bring that into your book. You've written this book. This is like your fourth book. Uh, third uh, book. Third your book. third book. Okay. I know you have a Spanish book out there too. So yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like looking at that, and of course I couldn't understand any of it. I don't speak <laughs> Spanish fluently, but yeah. you know, all of it is about the human experience. And uh, you know, your my background has been in the customer experience. I've talked about, and I have had guests on the show. We've talked about the psychedelic experience. But one of the things that intrigued me about your book was this whole idea of the frictionless organization. And one of the things, as I said to you, I think friction, the removal of friction is the opportunity for us all to increase our happiness, our satisfaction, our joy. And in you know the customer experience area, this is a real opportunity to really look at profits and returns and overall satisfaction in the organization. So in your, I just want to get to the book. In your book, you talk about, um, you know, creating products and services that reduce customer effort, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm wondering if we look at the book, what strategies, you know, when we look at businesses, what is the book about and how do businesses mm -hmm. employ these strategies and how do they find areas, you know, of where there's friction, even more importantly? Yeah, the the, the 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 sad fact, Keith, is, is that friction is everywhere in organizations and it's well known, especially when you talk about customer experience friction, it's well known to anybody who is what we call the frontline employee, someone in a retail shop, someone in a contact or call center, mm -hmm. a salesperson, someone doing field support or technician. So, for example, which we don't mention in the book, but give an example most of us would know. If uh, if your internet goes out or your TV service goes mm -hmm. out and you call in and they can't fix it over the phone or through a technician mm -hmm. to a, an automated service, they'll send someone out to your home. Mm -hmm. And when that person comes out, he or mm -hmm. she fixes the system, you diagnoses and fixes the system. Mm -hmm. uh, but usually your home, that's pretty much a requirement that you're home when you do that or at your office. And, and there's mm -hmm. usually quite a bit of a conversation that goes on between the customer and that technician. Oh None God, I had auto here for four or five hours. I had to feed him almost. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So you know what I'm talking about. Oh. But none of the none of those conversations ever went anywhere mm. because Otto was tasked to fix it. And then mm -hmm. he had a job to go on to the next one, the next one, next one to finish his shift, you know, mm -hmm. sometime later that day. So but a lot of that conversation has to do with friction because there was friction to bring him there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Probably multiple stages of friction. Mm -hmm. The system went out. You had to figure out how to call the company. You call the company. It didn't get fixed. So multiple mm -hmm. steps of effort by the customer. And finally, you have to mm -hmm. wait at home. Most of us are working from home. But mm -hmm. if, if you're not working from home, you got to be at home. You got to wait mm -hmm. from that's extra effort mm -hmm. and then feed him. That's another one. But that conversation never gets captured or gets uh, absorbed within the corporation. Calls get recorded into mm -hmm. a call center. Mm -hmm. Salespeople sometimes write down their notes. Uh, mm. Tellers sometimes write down their notes, but what I'm saying is friction is everywhere, but not all of it's ever captured. Mm. So what we set out to do in the book is to say, let's figure out where all that friction does exist across all those channels and mm -hmm. touch points, and to the extent possible, figure out what are the what is the nature of those of that mm -hmm. friction. Come mm -hmm. down to matching it by 
mm-hmm. expressions in the customer's name, like like right. like why is this not working for me again, or why did my why is my bill wrong, mm-hmm. uh, why is my invoice and my bill wrong, and then and then you start collecting evidence of that across the organization. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, this is a, a great book. You've got, you know, various chapters. You really talking about like, you, I, I think the eight chapters, you know, to understand, assign, prioritize, yep. eliminate, digitize, preempt, streamline, leverage, learn, and redesign. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this isn't your first book. You were, you had this background where you started to do this. I mean, you and I were involved in the whole automated area. But then mm-hmm. you went over to Amazon and then you also wrote a book called The Best Services No Service, right? Right, right. So right. so is this just like a continuation of that, that there's really, uh, you know, the idea of the best service being no service, being frictionless in this particular case? They're close cousins to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the first book came out in 2008. So mm-hmm. 14 years mm-hmm. uh, difference between the two when we finished this book back in 22. And, and the world of business and customer experience has changed a lot in 14 mm-hmm. years. We, we've proliferated more channels of communication, uh, SMS chat, chat bots, mm-hmm. uh, apps, uh, social media has exploded and, and customer expectations have risen dramatically in the last 15 years or so, uh, partly because of what's nicknamed as the Amazon effect, meaning uh, you know, 15 years, so I'll give you this quick story, 15, 16, 18 years ago, I'd hear com- companies say to me, well, I mean, our customers compare us to Amazon, but we're a bank. You know, we're not like Amazon at all. Amazon is different. Now, those same executives are saying, it doesn't matter whether we're a bank or not. Mm-hmm. Amazon and other companies are really raising the bar for service and expectations. And we got to figure out how to, how to, how to get ahead of that, or at least match mm-hmm. it. Because our customers are telling us you're not as easy effort. You're not as easy mm-hmm. as dealing with and fill in the blank. It could be Amazon, it could be FedEx, it could be somebody else. Right. Okay. So when I look at all that, we know that, you know, Amazon is really a, a no service kind of proposition. And when you do want service, it's really easy. You go online and there's a, you know, there is a, a digital uh, component to it. You just do your return. You don't have right. to speak to anybody. Um, one of the things I'm wondering about is, um, you know, when I look at uh, the book and I look at uh, the overall view of the book. I didn't see like the word mindfulness in there, but your book mm-hmm. is about mindfulness in a very yeah. big way. And yeah. it's also about reducing, it seems to be reducing the mental as well as the physical stress that goes around yeah. in helping organizations or helping people in organizations to help others. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering, you know, there are is a human component here. There is a, a lift and shift, a set, an assessment. I'm wondering how does stress, burnout, service times, effort, disengagement, mm-hmm. you know, play into the overall model or the ability to implement a model and you know what 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 is your sense when employees are disengaged how do you start to create a frictionless organization or is it one and the same is that the reason why i i think i think it is the reason why and 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 i'll 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 give you an example or two of that one the 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 burnout rate the the burnout rate as as seen in Mm -hmm. in turnover meaning changing jobs uh, churn is really high in, in customer service, customer support functions. It's mm-hmm. some, in some organizations, well over 100% a year. Mm. Uh, in, in retail, as, as, as we all know, there are a lot of jobs that, that are out there for, uh, for the taking. There are a lot of open positions. And in a lot of retail, it may be 150, 200% a year mm-hmm. in, in, in restaurants and other retail operations. So right. 
part of that turnover is because of opportunity. Part of it's because of life changes, but most of it turns out is, is stress or lack of recognition, lack mm. of appreciation, and the fact that it's a tough job. These are customers who are calling up, customers who are walking into a retail shop, and they're frustrated, they're upset. Mm -hmm. So we have an upset customer experience customer and experience coming in, talking to someone who's meant to be and, and asked to be calm and empathetic mm -hmm. and supportive and mm -hmm. use all these tools to try to calm mm -hmm. them down. When right. in fact, if the underlying problems are so strong and so negative, the mm -hmm. employees say, well, gosh, I'm going to, I've seen this over and over again and no one's doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. So if Otto right. came back from meeting with you and, and had some ideas, if he had passed them on to somebody, it would have been great if the company said, well, we're hearing that from other technicians and installers too. Let's figure out what to do about that. Right, but most companies right. don't do that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so employees get frustrated mm -hmm. and, and they, they feel like they're not able to do the job they're asked to do. And they'd rather go somewhere else where maybe they can have a better opportunity to do so. Well, it's even worse with auto because auto left a, auto left a piece of equipment mm -hmm. on top of my garbage can and I thought it was garbage and I threw yeah. it out. And then oh. later auto called back and said, do you have my, I left this piece of, it was like a day later. I said, do you have, and it was garbage night. And he said, do you have this piece of equipment? I said, no, you left it on my garbage can. I threw it out oh. and auto got yeah. mad at me. I was like, you know, Hey man, you, you know, seriously. So yeah. there is this emotional intelligence. There is almost a requirement nowadays for yeah employees to have some psychology or some yeah, you know yeah. i mean this is why we're in the mindfulness business is to teach them how to self-regulate to teach them to be calm to go ahead and deal with angry frustrated customers right. and what right. you're saying is hey you know let's look at the underlying process underneath that and let's go ahead right. and rework that process can you tell us about a story that maybe you know, that has been implemented where a frictionless strategy was employed and, you know, were there any surprises or any things that might have happened? Yeah, yeah, there, 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 there are quite a few in the book. In fact, the book is structured mm -hmm. with uh, what we call good stories and bad stories. And the good mm -hmm. stories are named, the bad stories are kept anonymous uh, for obvious reasons. But in the good stories, we, we do talk about cases of, of, of transformation or, or understanding that there is a problem. And I'll, I'll stay in the tech world. Uh, with a business that uh, that we cite a couple times in the book, where they had um, a, a significant but but hard to predict uh, situation where customers were saying that their set top boxes for their home entertainment were were not working that it, that would crash, mm -hmm. and and you have to go through quite a few diagnostics to do this. You know, have you turned it on? Have you turned it off? About this? What about that? And and when we work with them on this, it was actually a client of ours. When we work with this work with them on this, we ask them questions like, well, how many different set-top boxes do you have? And to our surprise and shock, they had 10 different models, and they're not a big company, uh, 10 different models of set-top boxes. We said, well, let's look at what the failure rate is by box. And the rates were dramatically different. They had some boxes that were pretty good, and they had one other ones that were failing frequently and increasingly. And mm -hmm. so they worked it out. They, once we gave them the data, they worked out what they needed to do was to replace all the failing boxes and do that for free. And 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 if it was self, they have self-install and technician install. So the, the customers were given the choice, and and the customers are actually giving a small credit in price credit and in, in, mm -hmm. in recognition mm -hmm. that it didn't work in the past. Almost an acknowledgement that hey, we failed for you because we made it hard for you, and they reduced that down to two different boxes. 
Mm-hmm. And and the failure rate dropped dramatically. The mm-hmm. frustrations dropped dramatically. The customer contacts dropped dramatically. And the technicians didn't have that to do. They had other jobs to do. Mm-hmm. And the customer service agents could actually do more outreach. So what was exciting about that is they freed up enough of their inbound tech support people where they could actually call up a customer maybe mm-hmm. 30 days mm-hmm. after install saying, how's it going, Keith? Mm-hmm. Keith sitting and go, wow, no one's ever called me before to ask me how it's going. It's going great. Or... It's not mm-hmm. going great. Mm-hmm. I was about ready to call you on something mm-hmm. like this. So they actually open up a brand new channel of mm-hmm. reaching out. So mm-hmm. the whole thing cascaded in, in a wonderful way, mm-hmm. uh, where they reduced their their rate of contacts, which is mm-hmm. the key metric we talk about. Uh, but they they did it partly by by just lopping off some of these systems that were failing. So mm. the whole idea of frictionless is also to find those failure points, get rid of those failure points. Get rid of the failure points, preempt them. Go ahead and. And reduce the overall amount of friction. I mean, that's what you're doing. Right. So right. let me so let me ask you when you uh, and that's a great uh, success story and a great strategy to sort of leverage off on. When you look at an organization that says you know that's maybe listening to the podcast or you know reading the book or seeing uh, you know something about frictionless organizations, how would you go about starting with an organization? And is the approach different? For a small, a medium, or a large organization, mm-hmm. and what does that you know really mean? I mean, you know, when we start taking a look at mm-hmm. a organization, do they have to be a certain size, or is there a certain measure that says, yeah, you really, you really need to go ahead and look at this? I'll start with your second question, uh, which comes up a lot. It, it really does. It, it makes no difference about the size of the organization. Mm-hmm. In fact, we talk about. <clears throat> Uh, for profit organizations as well as nonprofits and governmental agencies, it, it really and e- even it, it really doesn't matter <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. what their size is because they all have certain degrees of of friction <clears throat> and frustrations that that occur, and and therefore how to start <clears throat> comes down to collecting those reasons why customers are contacting you for any sort of help or advice uh, or or for their frustration. Uh, mm-hmm. or for any, anything new that they need and, and collect those in the customer's language. I gave a few examples a few minutes ago, but other examples might be, I want to cancel my account mm-hmm. or tell me more about what you are offering, which are good reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your operating hours, which should be pretty obvious online or through some automated tool, but customers mm-hmm. still tend to contact you about that. Um, unfortunately, a lot of us are looking at Google for operating hours and Google scrapes operating hours from companies' websites, but often says in red, um, uh, operating hours may differ based on holidays. In other words, Google wants to give itself a little bit of a cover. So it it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't really know where all those different nuances are forcing you to have to call up, find out, are you really open on, you know, Martin Luther King day or on this day or that mm-hmm. day. So, how to start is figuring out collecting all those different reasons. And then the mm-hmm. second step is to cost those reasons out, figure out how much does it cost to handle each and every one of those reasons. Mm-hmm. And then related to that is from the, in terms of the cost is let's look at what the customer satisfaction is per reason. Mm-hmm. Let's look at what the customer turnover or churn is by reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and when you do that, you find out that some of the customer reasons are significantly more frustrating mm-hmm. than other ones. And, and mm-hmm. many of them are fine. Many of them are positive reasons, but mm-hmm. most of them are negative and some are very, very negative. Mm-hmm. And then the third step I'll mention, we can keep going, but I'll stop at this one. The third step is then to c- 
uh, share that information across the entire organization. Mm -hmm. So in your mm -hmm. book about mindfulness experience, you talk about making sure that the entire family and the entire group and organization is involved in it's not just an individual mm -hmm. challenge or opportunity. And by the right. same token, customer service is just the receptor, the receiver of this mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. It needs the head of product, the head of billing, the head of IT, all mm -hmm. in a room to figure out, and literally mm -hmm. in a room, it makes mm -hmm. much more of an impact mm -hmm. in a room to figure out, here's why our customers are contacting us. Here, here are their sources of frustration. Mm -hmm. And let's figure out why that happened. Mm -hmm. and, and when those other executives in the room, they often have never heard that before. They're mm -hmm. out there, you know, mm -hmm. trying to build new stuff when the stuff that they have <clears throat> may not be working. So the guy that found, the, the person and the team that created those 10 different set-top boxes never knew until that data went in front of them mm -hmm. that some of those set-top boxes were failing. When they got that data, all of a sudden they could say, well, we got to get rid of some of those boxes, but they didn't mm -hmm. know that data mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. So. So this is uh, this kind of goes into the chapters of the book, right? I mean, you're understanding, exactly. you understand what the issues are, you assign, exactly. you prioritize, you look at your CSAT, you look at where the costs are, right. you know, and then you look at bringing, in your case, you brought it back to, you know, bring everyone together right. so that there is a collective aha. You know, there's right. that collective aha moment. And then right. you look where you can to digitize preempt, streamline, leverage, and learn. Let me ask you a question because I want to get, you know, I want to talk about the um, customer loyalty aspect, but before we go there, I'm wondering, like now, you know, we, we hear a lot about chat GPT. We hear right. a lot about, you know, AI and this next phase of AI. I have, you know, a, 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 a friend uh, uh, that I've been involved with in the consciousness area that's trying to create what he calls harmonic intelligence. Mm -hmm. You know, this is sort of like lifelike AI, mm -hmm. you know, so like where does AI come into this from your viewpoint? Because you do have this fourth chapter that gets into digitize. Right. So right. I'm 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 wondering, you know, can you speak to that for a moment or should we leave sure. that towards the end in terms of the future forecast? Well, we we can even cover it in both ways. Let's cover it in both ways because I th okay. I think there are some chat GPT and related tools are yeah. getting such incredible play these days. It's in right. a lot of people's minds, especially in business. Um there are two forms of 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 AI based or AI enabled uh, solutions that we could talk about. One is is as fully automated as possible. And the other one is an assist. I'll talk about the assist first. And, and we're seeing some really wonderful advances and, and some collaborative work in, in what we call assisted solutions with AI. Mm -hmm. um, and, and to give you an example, if, if, if you're a customer service representative in, in, a, in a bank, going back to a bank for a moment, uh, you may have a lot of bank policies, bank products, uh, pricing schemes, uh, different techniques and so forth. And so if a customer calls you in, you have to find out who they are and then figure out how to, how to search this knowledge base or the set of articles or advice pieces. What these AI tools now do is they listen to those conversations real time mm -hmm. and they say, hmm, this to themselves, the logic in the AI says, hmm, this conversation sounds like one we've heard before and a successful solution is this particular knowledge article. We're gonna, we're gonna basically promote that literally real time mm -hmm. to the customer, um, to the customer service rep so that he or she can, can interact with that tool. And if that worked, then the machine, as it says, the machine learns and, and basically chalks up, yes, that worked. And then that increases the probability of that working. If it didn't work, it mm -hmm. poses another one and another one mm -hmm. until maybe the agent overrides that and, and mm -hmm. fix 
picks an mm-hmm. article that does work, then mm-hmm. the tool goes, hmm, we didn't know that. And mm-hmm. we're going to add that to our corpus. So that type of assistive technology has reduced the time it takes to get to the solution. It mm-hmm. helps, it assists and helps the agents reduce their frustration. It makes them sound smarter too. And yep. it makes them sound smarter too, <laughs> rather than them, oh, uh, give me a minute here. I got I to search and I'll- I got to talk to my hold. manager. Yeah, I'll be talk right back. Yeah. Three man- so minutes assisted, later. Assisted AI for assisted techniques is really, right. really taking off and we love that. The automated mm-hmm. um, has not been very successful because mm-hmm. it, it, it fails to understand all those different nuances of what mm-hmm. a customer wants. And so you have a lot of the AI tools right and chatbots that have, uh, where, where the mm-hmm. the producers mm-hmm. like to say, well, we had a 25% success rate with our mm-hmm. AI tool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what they fail to reveal is the exact complement of that, which is 75% failure. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, but next year it's gonna be 28% success. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that's still a lot of failure going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the there's still a long way to go for using AI for, fully, for full mm-hmm. uh, solutions, but the assisted right. is really working well. So, so that's an area where emotional intelligence comes in because at the end of the day, I think the human condition and the human experience is we want to be heard, we want to be seen, we want to be recognized, especially when we have a problem. We want people right. to hear us, you know, and we exactly. want them to understand our problem without having to sort of entertain it, but, you know, to actually solve it. And what you're saying is that the assist is is one of the ways to do it. So is the yes. chat GBT, uh, is that from your viewpoint, is that something that uh, has some promise to it in the service area? Mm-hmm. It, it it does. I mean, they're, 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 they're precursors of and, and, and commercially successful precursors of chat GPT. They've been there for a while. And some of us may not even know that we're interacting with an AI tool when we're doing mm-hmm. that. But there have been a lot of AI tools over the years. Uh, United Airlines has a very good one. So does Alaska Airlines. So do quite a few banks. They've been doing them for quite a while, but they're not as complete or as comprehensive as ChatGPT. Because mm-hmm. ChatGPT's mission life is to is to collect everything out there on the internet, kind of like Got Google's it. was 25 years ago, and then and then be have a very comprehensive answer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so it's it's the next generation of what's already been out there. So I think there is a future in that. However, the future also has to be in in programming it and limiting it so that it actually covers the the topics that that you want it to cover. So there's still going to be the need for the logic and for the uh, testing of it too. Right. So we're in the nascent stages and yeah. the ability to go ahead and customize it in a yeah. organizational setting to help individuals. Uh, maybe we haven't really seen that yet. I'm I'm wondering, um, you know, when we start talking about uh, this uh, uh, the assist. Right. This is something that really, um, you know, does it, from your viewpoint, increase the overall loyalty, the overall satisfaction? Because I I, I can see on the agent side, it reduces right. the amount of time that I have for a problem. Right. So is that, does that equal customer satisfaction and loyalty? What are, what are some of the, you know, because I'd like to go back to that idea of the best service is no yeah, service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we ever going to really eliminate service? Yeah. And does the assist really help in that effort? Well, it 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 it, it has it has two ways that it, it helps. Mm-hmm. And one one you pointed out, I'll just reinforce it or, re, or or restate it a little bit differently, which is that it it shortens the conversation, which makes it easier and reduces some of that effort for the customers. So staying on the customer loyalty side for the moment, 
If the company takes that information and winds up cycling back to the rest of the mm -hmm. the uh, the experts and the product heads and so forth and the department heads, then it starts moving in the right direction to make long-term loyalty. Because mm -hmm. if that customer encounters the same problem three weeks from now or next billing cycle, whenever it is, and has to call mm -hmm. in again, then the, the the shortness of the call or the shortening of the call is not going to be a loyalty producer. Mm. It's just going to remind right. them that this company is messed up. More friction. More friction. So what we, what we really are doing along here is we're challenging companies to figure out why was that, why was that demand coming in for your support? Mm -hmm. Make it shorter when it comes in, make it easier, but then learn from it. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a chapter on learn like you do in your book too. Mm -hmm. We have a chapter on learn and try to figure out how to learn and apply that's uh, th those uh, uh, those new ideas, so you can fix mm. it once and mm -hmm. for all. And so then is this reduction? So is this what you mean in the book? You say customers should never contact an organization for the, right. wrong, reasons. For the wrong reasons. Exactly. You know, and and I'm just wondering from a proactive viewpoint, uh, you know, when you start to organize this or or bring it into the organization to make it part of the DNA, mm -hmm. is that going back to the you know the CSAT or the uh, uh, reason types or the, uh, you know, mm -hmm. when the, when the organization, I'm just wondering how to, how to make sure that that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's most organizations are looking at their costs really, really closely. Mm -hmm. And, and there are others in the organization marketing and others who are looking at loyalty very, very closely. And what we're proposing is that they are combined. In other words, you can reduce costs and you can increase loyalty by figuring out those reasons, get them to somebody who can do something about it, mm -hmm. and then and then start seeing the, the reduction in the rate of contacts for mm -hmm. the wrong reasons, but an increase in the rate of contacts for the good reasons. The good reasons mm -hmm. would be ones like, hey, tell me more about this product, or mm -hmm. um, I, 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 I'm not happy with this service and I think I'm going to cancel, but you have an opportunity to talk to them about keeping them or saving them. Mm -hmm. And and so I, I think it winds up being a, a virtuous combination of events that you see. And then the third part of it is employees get can can feel like you're doing something for them. It's making mm -hmm. it easier for them. They're not hearing repeated frustrated mm -hmm. problems from customers. Right. They're not having to sort through complex knowledge articles, as I mentioned right. with the assist AI. So they're seeing that there's some some way that you're doing. Companies are making it easier for them too, and they'll feel better about sticking right. around. So you're really helping to empower employees, giving them more knowledge and giving them more insight. Are exactly. there any drawbacks from your viewpoint in terms of, you know, reducing friction too much or going too far <laughs> with removing customer effort? I mean, I hear yeah. that, yeah. you know, a lot of organizations, the best thing to do is to, you know, to get a high customer satisfaction store is to actually have customers call in and, you know, yeah. have yeah. a great experience. So yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering yeah. your view on that. It comes up quite a bit. So you, we we hear we hear it a lot, Keith, from, uh, from from marketeers and from from others on on the customer acquisition side, saying mm -hmm. we really want to have those interactions with our customers so we can understand what they need and we can mm -hmm. if they have a problem we can fix it. But mm -hmm. the sad fact is that that most problems are not fixed the first time. You and I talked about this years ago as first contact resolution. Mm -hmm. It's not 100%. It's well under 100%. So it, if it's 74% first contact resolution, that means 26% of the time there was a failure mm -hmm. in an assisted channel. Mm -hmm. uh, even you know, it's more in, in the in the AI channel that I mentioned earlier. It could be mm -hmm. 70, 80% failure. And so what we what we propose instead is what uh, what the uh, cable company example I gave about 30 minutes ago, which is call them up, talk to them, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, actually set up conversations with them, intercept them in malls. I mean, chat with them in the old-fashioned way rather than try to glean it from a mm-hmm. frustrated call. Mm-hmm. Uh, with one client we worked with last year, two years ago, they said, "Oh, we want to cross-sell and upsell on every call that comes into the center." Mm-hmm. We said, "Nope, you really don't want to do that." Um, and and the success rate. The, they call it attachment. The attachment rate for a vast majority of the issues was so low mm-hmm. that it frustrated the customer, it frustrated the agent, and mm-hmm. so they wound up getting rid of those. And they had a much higher success rate for the remaining issues, mm-hmm. which were more akin to or susceptible to a good conversation. Most of those should not have had a cross-sell upsell. So mm-hmm. we run into that a lot. But when we give them the data and we they listen to the frustrated calls they see that the loyalty does not increase then they go oh well maybe we should mm-hmm. change the way we're dealing with this and maybe we mm-hmm. shouldn't have mm-hmm. uh that type of uh cross sell and upsell or or, or 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 insist on on customer contacts just to try to learn from them learn from them in other ways right so uh i would say you know make sure that your foundation is secure the house yeah. is you yeah. know streamlined and then you know from the standpoint of building out if you want to build out great you know look at it see whether or not it makes sense for the long haul and then you know apply it accordingly let me ask you when we start looking at trends because you know you're 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 someone that i i admire so much you're able to see around the corner often (laughs) you know i'm wondering um you know as we start you know we're spending some time here and i'm and this might be a, a real good sort of way to you know uh, have a end cap or cap, cap off our conversation as well, based on what your answer is. But what do you see as the next big trends for organizations looking to reduce customer effort? You know, maybe foster greater loyalty mm-hmm. among their customers. Obviously, a frictionless organization. But you know, what does that look like? And you know, are we? A lot of people are concerned. I mean, you and I have a mutual friend, Katrina Wallace who's mm-hmm. involved in the AI area. A lot of people are concerned that, you know, it's just gonna, you know, outsourcing jobs, you know, maybe outsourcing, you know, to computers and maybe, yeah. you know, we don't, we no longer have, yeah. you know, uh, human interaction here. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sort of painting a little bit of a dystopian picture there. I apologize, but give me a sense in terms of where you think this might be going. Yeah, I, I think that there's going to be a continued need and an important need for the, the assisted support mm-hmm. and, and and not moving to a, a fully automated world. I've always felt that way and, and even more so looking at some of the, the clumsy implementation of, of automation and, and also the, the unpredictability of the human spirit or issues that we run across. Mm-hmm. In other words, if if a chat GPT or any system like that is is um, collecting everything that it knows so far, it still doesn't know what's happening right now. It still doesn't know what the new product releases are going to be from a company and what possible problems there are from a new product release. If you're if you're setting up a new piece of software that needs to interface with another piece of software or a piece of hardware, any automated system can only know what happened in the past and not what the the current or potential problems are with a new implementation or a new a new uh, uh, connection between those tools. So the assisted support's always going to have to be there. Mm-hmm. What we mm-hmm. want to see and what I do predict seeing is that there'll be a higher level of, of, of importance placed on that technical support and customer care of the, the caliber of the individuals, their training, 
Uh, the, the, the amount of empowerment that you mentioned before to them is going to increase finally. We've talked about that for decades and it's really never happened. We've kind of given it lip service, but it's going to have to be important because these are going to be the tougher issues that an automation tool can't understand that a customer will then tell us they encounter. And, mm. and then if that feedback loop occurs from that customer facing employee, that frontline employee to mm. the folks that need to see it in the organization, then that virtual circle will will continue that that flywheel so so to speak will continue and and maybe it'll feed some better automation and and automation will chip off a few more percentage points but there'll still be a big need for the assisted support mm -hmm. uh, second point and i'll just mention two second point is a lot of customers are really hesitant about technology mm -hmm. and about using what they perceive to be uh, a robot right and they're, they're going to reject that and that will continue to happen across the the age levels uh certainly in the in the older population but even some some of the younger folks we work with a company I, i've heard of a company we didn't work with them we cite them in the in the book it's a it's a Euro, very large european utility company called eon mm -hmm. and they said that eon uh was getting fewer and fewer calls and interactions from their older customers because they were getting used to the apps but they're getting more and more calls from their first-time renters younger customers mm -hmm. who just were hesitant they didn't quite trust the technology and the automation. They didn't want to miss a payment. They wanted to make sure that everything worked fine on the connections. And so mm -hmm. they were calling it at a much higher rate than they had expected. Mm -hmm. And and that was good for them. They, they, it was good to teach those younger customers, those younger uh, policyholders how to do things. So I think we're going to see mm -hmm. that there'll be a lot of, of, of need, a huge need for the support. The assisted mm -hmm. AI will help a lot. Uh, training is going to come back as a very important part of making sure customer service and frontline agents are important. And back to my very first story, I want Otto to have a, an opportunity to feed back what he learned from you so right. he can make sure his his company is able right. to figure out what's going on and and and, and not just right. not just uh, conversations with a call center. Right, right, right. So overall, you see the future really promoting a more mental health, maybe yes. physical uh, yes. health for individuals, emotional yes. intelligence, yes. you know, the idea of emotional intelligence and mindfulness, certainly being more mindful of what the technology can do and also the connection, the human connection, if you will. I think I think that that's a great way to 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 put it on put this conversation on pause because I want to continue these conversations with you over the years, right. Keith. But mindfulness experience and customer experience are twin together. They they really mm -hmm. are tightly entwined. Mm -hmm. And and I, I think that what you've experienced and what you've written and and some of the things that I've been working on in writing, I think they can dovetail together really well. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I like that. I like that. I think that's I think that's a good way to um, uh, cap off our time together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bill, uh, for folks that want to get a hold of you and really learn more about Driva Solutions and what you're up to, how how would they go about doing that, and where would they buy your book? Well, uh, the book is available on Amazon and other websites uh, as the Frictionless Experience. My co-author David Jaffe and I have written have worked on a website that we call FrictionlessOrg.com. And after a number of years of letting it go, I am uh, reviving my company website. So in about a month. Uh, www.drivasolutions.com will actually have real content in it and will be a good way to interact with me. Uh, in the meantime, uh, I can be reached via email at, which is at bill at Driva Solutions, D-R-I-V-A solutions.com. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, Bill, I really want to thank you for your time. I know you got lots of things going on. It's a real pleasure and an honor to have you here. And I uh, deeply appreciate the friendship over the years and the opportunity to talk to you about this stuff. So uh, thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank very you. Much.
Have a good one there. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We have other exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks, so stay tuned. For more mindfulness tips and tricks, visit our website at workmindfulness.com. Thanks again for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience. This is Keith Fiveson.